my daughter Megan. I think she came in contact with somebody at the middle school where she works a, uh, a little while back, maybe a week ago, that had uh, the coronavirus, had been diagnosed with it, and, and so she, she has it now. And she went to the doctor last week. They thought she had sinus infection, and that's what they were treating her for. However, uh, she didn't get any better over the weekend, and so we took her back to the doctor yesterday, and they diagnosed her with the coronavirus, and so she did test positive. She's in her right now. She's resting, so pray for her. She feels kind of, kind of, uh, not too good, and and uh, so we we decided to not have church for a couple of weeks, maybe. We'll we'll kind of take it a week at a time, and we're gonna wipe everything down on our church real good, so that there are no germs that you need to be alarmed of. Good thing is Meg wasn't at church Sunday, and Megan wasn't at the church the prior Wednesday, so it's been almost a week since she was actually in the building. But do pray for her, and for your safety, we decided that we'd just not have church for a couple of weeks. I don't have any symptoms. No one else in our family does, but we've been around Meg, and so we're going to isolate our, isolate ourselves over here for the next couple of weeks and uh, to kind of make sure every time everything time to run its course, make sure we don't have any symptoms so that when we do come back, we won't make anybody else sick. So um, if we make anybody or have made anybody at the church sick, we apologize for that. That was never our intentions. I know we've shook hands. There was even some that's hugged necks, and, and I've been a part of that too. And I pray that we didn't spread any germs around. Uh, I know we spread germs, but maybe it wasn't any uh, bad, bad germs. So be praying about that. And, and I'll say this, uh, just so you know, I've already made the, made the comment about we're going to wipe everything down. I want you to know. Uh, from your pastor's point of view, that your health is our main concern, okay? Uh, it's never about making anybody sick. We're going to make sure everything's wiped down real good so that when you do come back in, uh, we'll have a nice, clean facility. You won't need to stress over that, all right? And if you feel like you don't need to come for a couple more weeks after we do start back, that's up to you. I understand there are several of you that are coming that do have uh, medical issues that you have to keep up with and watch out for. That or you may have a loved one in your home. It could be a mother or father, uh, a grandmother, whatever, that doesn't definitely doesn't need to be um, exposed to anything that's going to make them any worse than what they are. And if you feel like you don't need to come, look, totally understand that. That's between you and God, okay? Nobody's going to have any hard feelings towards you. You need to do what you need to do to make sure um, that you take care of you and your family. But now at the same time, let me say this. We knew at some point this was going to happen, okay? Uh, this is the new normal for now. It just so happens it was my family that, that got sick and caused the church to shut down the, uh, this time. But I imagine once we get back to rolling again in a couple of weeks, it, 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 somewhere down the road, somebody else will come up. We'll find out had got sick, had been amongst us at the church. We may feel that we have to do it again. Shut down for a couple of weeks, wipe everything down, move forward. It's kind of the new norm right now. Um, so, and I know you may be thinking, Brother Vance, is it worth it to come to church and chance that somebody may get sick? I think so, okay? Again, you make the decision you have to make what's best for you and your family. But me personally, I'll give you a fine example. I, I was in a car wreck several, several, several years ago now. Didn't get hurt. Uh, bruised me a little bit, but I didn't get hurt. But, uh, but it shook me up. You know, somebody running into you always shakes you up. But you know what? Even though I was in a car accident, I, I didn't stop driving. I kept driving. Matter of fact, uh, I had food poisoning one time. And I ate something that was not good. It made me sick. Oh, I thought I was going to die. But you know what? As soon as I overed that, I went right back to eating. I, I didn't stop eating. Matter of fact, as I sit here on my front porch, this is where I'm at on my front porch in my home. And you see my, 
you see my front yard out behind me here and I decided to sit here but right over there to where my fingers point is a set of steps it's a good set of steps they're made good it's coming off a well-built deck but that's where I broke my foot I walked down those steps a few months ago rolled my ankle off the edge of the step to the point that it snapped the bone in the outside of my foot excruciating pain I still walk on those steps I still use those steps. I still do, I still go out my porch that way right there. Why? There's nothing wrong with that way. It's just that I had an accident and I hurt my foot. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. The pain was so bad the day I broke my foot that when I do walk down those steps now, I kind of cringe a little bit because I remember, ah, that hurt, you know. But I'm still going to walk down those steps. Why? Because there's nothing wrong with those steps. It just I just happened to fall and get hurt. Things happen sometimes. So... I don't regret us coming to church and worshiping, and we're going to get beyond this in a week or two. We're going to go right back to worshiping the Lord like we've always done. I'm not going to let the coronavirus keep us from gathering with God's people to give him the praise and the honor that he deserves, okay? If there's a, there's a lot of things in life that cause us harm, there's a lot of things in life that threatens our, our wellness and our, our physical well-being, but as soon as we get beyond that little bit of fear, we go right back to doing them. We don't let that stop us. So why should we let something like a virus keep us from gathering at God's house to worship him. We don't want anybody to get sick. We don't want anybody to get sick at all uh, because we know this is a serious threat. We're not making light of it. It's just that my Lord is worthy of my worship and worthy of my praise, and we don't want to let anything keep us from doing that. So I pray you don't either, okay? So once we get beyond this, we're going to go right back to where we were at we're just gonna be cautious as we've been doing we'll keep being cautious you do what you need to do for your family I'm gonna do what I need to do for mine but as long as this old boy's got breath in his body he's gonna gather at the house and he's gonna worship the Lord okay he's gonna worship at God's house and so I, I pray you do the same I want to share something with you tonight it's, it's kind of funny uh, this afternoon this passage of scripture was on my heart long before any of this blew in okay and I feel like God was possibly preparing me uh, for what was coming, and I, I want to share it with you, and maybe to be an encouragement to you as it's been to me all day as I've studied it, but it comes out of uh, Psalms 121. I'm going to lean over and pick up my Bible now. See me getting an odd position. That's what I'm doing. I'm grabbing my Bible off the porch floor, but in Psalms 121, it's a very short psalm. Uh, there's some that think that Hezekiah might have been the one who wrote it. We don't really know that for a fact. We're not really sure who wrote it, it could have been Hezekiah. There are some that think that he might have wrote it during the uh, Assyrian, when the Assyrian army was threatening Judea and Jerusalem. And that might have been why he wrote it, because there was an imminent threat upon his life and upon this, in, in the cities in which he dwelt and all of the other people there, God's people. But, but we don't know that for a fact. But here's what we do know. Even though we don't know who wrote it, we don't really know exactly who it could have been. Uh, I, I believe that the application of this song this psalm is a versatile application, meaning this. I think it's just as relevant and just as good for us today as it was the day that it was written. I think we can find truth in here. I think we can find application for our lives, and it can strengthen us and help us in these hard times. So I'm going to read it to you real quick, like Psalms 121, verse 1. The psalmist wrote this. He said, I will lift up mine eyes to the hill from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He says, He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps 
Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Let's pray real quick like Father God, as we bow our heads before you this afternoon, God, uh, we just want to pray that you bless the reading of your word. God, as we seek to, to draw strength from it today, God, encouragement. Uh, Lord, we just want to pray that you would encourage us through your word. Lord, you already have. But for those listening, God, I pray that it would be encouragement for them. Lord, I pray that they would find strength in your word. And God, that they would be drawn closer to you, knowing that no matter what trouble comes, Lord, you are still God. And you are still in control of all things. God, be with us during this time. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we look here real quick, like, um, we see here that we start off in the first two verses, and we, we see it's kind of like two people talking here. We've got, like, the first person singular. Here he goes, the, the writer is saying, I will lift up my eyes. But then after the first two persons, we kind of go into the third person, where we got, like, another person coming in, like a third person singular, and he's saying, he will not allow your foot. So for the remainder of this the chapter, first two verses is, is the first person singular, the third through the eighth verse is like a third person singular, and it's kind of like one person's talking, the other person's answering. So we'll start off with the first two verses, though. And the point one would be this. We should look to the Lord for help. We should look to the Lord for help. Note what the scripture says here. He says, I will lift up mine eyes to the hill from whence comes my help. Now, you need to understand this, because if you don't read it correctly, you'll kind of miss what's going on. It almost sounds like he's saying, I will lift up mine eyes to the hell from whence my help comes. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I will lift up mine eyes to the hill, to the hills from whence comes my help. There's a question mark there. He's saying, I'm looking to the hills for help, but I can't find any there. I can't find any help in the hills. That's what he's saying. Now, you kind of got to think about when this was written. I don't know exactly what the psalmist was thinking, but here's what I think could have been going on. These hills that surrounded Jerusalem and Judea and all there, we see that these hills oftentimes were the high places of Baal. It's where the uh, idol worship was taking place. People had looked to those hills and went into those hills, and they had worshipped Baal, and they had offered sacrifices to false gods and idols up there. And that could have been what he was talking about. And so... Whether that's what he's referring to or not, we don't know. But all we know is that he was looking and saying, I look to those hills and I don't see any help. It'd be really cool if I was sitting in Montana right now doing this devotion because where I lived at, I actually had mountains behind me. And I could have easily have set this up and I could have used my mountains as my um, as an illustration or as a uh, of, uh, of an example of what's going on. But I'm sitting here in South Georgia now with some trees behind me and it's very flat. So I would just have to imagine hills over to the side. But here's what we do know. As you look at this, verse 2 says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He said, I look to the hills, I see no help. He said, but my help, the psalmist is saying, okay, people may look to those hills for help. There's no help to be found there. He said, I'm going to look to the one who offers me help, and that is my Lord. Now, that word Lord there is really interesting because in the Hebrew, that word right there, Lord, which is when it was written in the Hebrew, it means Jehovah. It's the, it's the name for God, Jehovah. And so that 
name for Jehovah means self-existent or eternal. So what the author is saying of the Psalms here, he says, I'm going to look to the self-existing eternal God who's not bound by anything. Matter of fact, I think that's why he went on to say, I can find my help in Jehovah the Lord who did what? Who made heaven and earth. Church, hear me for a second. If our God can make heaven and he can make earth and he can make us, you don't think he can't handle our problems? Oh, he can. He can handle our problems. And I'm not going to lie to you, okay? Uh, a couple of our deacons know this because I reached out to them yesterday in, in conversation. But as soon, because look, we're, we're rolling out of last Sunday. I'm pretty. I'm going to try to make this short, but I'll share this with you quickly. We rolled out of last Sunday as your new pastor at Waynesville Baptist Church, and we were pumped. I'm not going to lie to you. I was on cloud nine, okay? I was excited about what God was doing. I met with the deacons that morning. We'd had a special time of prayer. I, man, my, my cup was full riding into the worship service that morning. Later on that afternoon before the Sunday night service, I met with some of our staff people, some of our, I call them our ministry team, some of the people who head up our ministries in our church. Had an awesome time spending time with them. As I told them, I don't know how much we accomplished, but what we did accomplish was this boy here, this guy of your pastor, he was encouraged, okay? He was encouraged by spending time with the people of Waynesville. And hearing their ideas and their thoughts, I was, and, and that was the whole point. In it is, I told them we're a team. We're we're pulling together. We're we're shooting toward one goal. And so, being able to hang out with them blessed my heart. And so, I rode out of that feeling really good on Sunday. And I told our deacons, I said, "You need to be praying, because as soon as God starts doing something, we can expect an attack from the enemy." And I just didn't expect it this soon. I guess. Uh, and so when my daughter found out that she had the coronavirus and we found out we could be at church for possibly the next two weeks, man, I get discouraged. I got really, really discouraged. And I thought, Lord, three steps forward, two steps back. That's what I felt like. And, and I felt like, God, you know, and, and listen, we're not the only ones in the church that's struggling with something. I, I, there's a lot. Of, and I can start naming names. And, you know, and we start having these things that we're dealing with on a daily basis. And we get discouraged by these things, even though we've never had an Assyrian army about to march into, uh, into Brantley County and take us over. We have troubles every day. And if you listen to me preach any at all, you've heard me say this before, that you're either coming out of a storm, uh, going into a storm, or there's a storm, uh, or maybe right in the, I should say it this way, you're either coming out of a storm, in a storm, or about to go into a storm. There's troubles all the time that surround us. And we're constantly being bombarded or faced with difficulties and hardships. And during those times, it is easy to get discouraged. And so I see here today leading this devotion to you, not discouraged. But last night, I was discouraged. And I actually had to, had to get up this morning as I began to pray and do my Bible study. I, I read a, a, a devotion on discouragement. I, I actually sought that out on my phone. I thought, I need something to do with discouragement. And the question the guy posed in the devotional was this. Why are you discouraged? Well, I had to stop and think about that. God, why am I discouraged? And the best answer I could come up with is because things weren't going the way I wanted them to go. I didn't want my daughter to be sick. I didn't want to be quarantined. I didn't want my other daughter not to be able to go to school that she enjoys it so much. I don't want my wife to not be able to have to go to, go to work because she likes to do her job. I, I didn't want to not be able to go to my office and to be able to go to church tomorrow night and to uh, go Sunday. I, I was just, you know, there was just, and that, but the only reason I could come up with is God because things aren't going the way I want them to go. And uh, that's the only answer I could come up with. 
Sometimes life doesn't go the way I want it to go, but God doesn't stop being God. Matter of fact, I, I printed this off a while ago, and, and I just, this Psalms 120, Psalms 121 is in this song. And I mentioned Casting Crowns to you guys the other day. I'm a big Casting Crowns fan. But they have a song that came out on, I think it was their second album. Uh, their second album, I think, was called Life Song, maybe, or something of that nature. But this song was Praise You in a Storm. And what's funny is I was going to try to sing this at church tomorrow night, which would be tonight for you if you're watching it now. Uh, I was going to try to play it on the piano and sing it. Never have tried that before in church. But I'm going to read you part of the lyrics. And this is what, it, Praise You in a Storm, this is how the song goes. Mark Hall writes, he said, I was sure by now, God, you would have reached down and wiped our tears away. Stepped in and saved the day, but once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. As the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain, I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. The chorus goes on to say this. He says, I will, and I will praise you in this storm and I will lift my hands that you are who you are. No matter where I am and every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand, you never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. Of course, I've come this far. I've got to read you verse 2, but I won't do the chorus again. He says, I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry. You raised me up again. My strength is almost gone. How can I carry on? He says, if I can't find you, how can I carry on if I can't find you? He says, as the thunder rolls, I barely hear you whisper through the rain. I'm with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. Listen, storms roll in, storms roll out. Times get difficult. The, we go through hardships, a lot of difficulties in life. But listen, we must make sure that we're looking to the hills. We, we can't look to the hills, okay? We can't look to the hills for help. We must make sure we're looking to God. We must make sure we're looking to God for our help, not the hills. And you say, Brother Vance, we don't have any hills to look to. Well, let me ask you this. Do you ever put your trust in your finances? Maybe your friends, families, jobs. We put our trust in a lot of things, don't we? And in, in, the, and in of themselves, those aren't bad things. They're good things. Uh, we have to work. We need finances to live. We need our families. We need our church family. Uh, we need our jobs. We need all those things. But we can't find our strength in those things. Our strength comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So point number one was this, we should look to the Lord for help. During this difficult time right now of our church of not being able to meet together, we're just going to trust God. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to trust God. I don't know if I told you this or not, but we'll have church will be videoed Monday, uh, Sunday morning and Sunday night. My son Austin is going to come and stand behind the podium and he's going to lead from the church. We won't have people in the building. We're not going to open the doors, but we're going to carry on. He's going to stand and he's going to preach. I've already lined that up. Brother Andy's going to lead the following Wednesday. They're going to video him. So we can still be able to tune in on Facebook and YouTube and the different places to hear the scripture that's being shared and to listen to the one that's leading. Listen to me. It may not be what we want, but it is what we got right now. We're going to trust God through all of this. It's going to be fine. No matter what you're battling right now, God is the one who's in control. Put your faith and trust in him. That's what I choose to do. That's what you need to choose to do. I need you to remind me of that, though, okay? Because I forget sometimes. And I'm going to remind you because I, I feel that you maybe are like me and you forget sometimes, too. 
That's why we need each other. That's why we need our church families to encourage us. So you keep sending me the text messages, okay? Of those that's been sending them to me, you keep them on. You keep coming with them and tell me, Brother Vance, hey, God's got this. You just hang in there because I need those messages. I need that encouragement because I get down sometimes. My family gets down. I know you do. I'll encourage you. You encourage me. Last point, I'm done, okay? This has gone farther than I thought it was going to go, but uh, you know how that goes. Point number two is this. The Lord looks out for those. The Lord looks out for those that put their faith and trust in Him. The Lord looks out for those who put their faith and trust in Him. Notice what the Bible says again, real quick, like and I'm done. Notice what verse 3 says. Chapter 121 here in Psalms. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. You remember back in the Gospels where Jesus was going to the garden the night he was arrested to be tried and crucified? Remember he asked the disciples, he says, pray with me, pray with me as we prepare for what lies ahead. Remember he came back and found the disciples sleeping a couple of times? Well, that's what we do sometimes too, don't we? Sometimes we go to, go to sleep on God. Sometimes we, we drop the ball. Sometimes we're not um, what we need to be. And we, we let each other down. We let God down. But can I assure you of something? God never slumbers. Okay? God never sleeps. He's always available for us when we need Him. The Bible says, He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. Notice this. The sun, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you. You know what that word preserve means there? It means keep you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve. Again, keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. I want to share one thing with you, and I'm done. And that comes out of 2 Corinthians. I want to read something to you that Paul wrote. It's been so much, so encouraging uh, to me as I have been reading through these passages today. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, chapter 4, verse 8, Paul knew hardship. Paul knew suffering. Uh, of all the people in the Bible that we read about and those who wrote Scripture, I believe he could probably relate to suffering as much as any of us could. Definitely more than me and probably you because of all the things that he went through. But he wrote this. My Bible titles it Cast Down But Unconquered. He wrote this. He says, For we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Let that sink in for a second. These hardships in our lives may slow us down a little bit. They may set us back. We definitely don't welcome them. But let's just be honest. When these hardships roll into our lives, do they not strengthen you in your walk with God? Yeah, they do. Um, uh, you have to be reminded, nothing comes in our lives that God doesn't allow. Sometimes these hardships we deal with, they are spiritual warfare, but God allows them. Uh, sometimes God just allows things in our life because it's in those difficult times that we grow the most as a Christian. Listen, through my discouragement last night, I probably read more scripture than I've read in a little while. I sought and I, I prayed and I, 
and I, I, I sought answers to help me get beyond my discouragement, along with my uh, uh, some men in the church that were encouraging me. You know who you are. But through these hardships, I sought God more. And I thought, God, you know what? I believe you allow these hardships sometimes because we grow in these difficult times. So no matter what your hardship is that you're going through today, a minor setback here at the church, an illness here or there, uh, and, and sometimes these, these things become so big in our lives, we don't feel like we can get beyond them. They seem really big. But let me tell you, we may be set back a little bit, but we're not stopped. We may get slowed down sometimes, but it ain't over. It's not over till God calls us home. As long as I got breath in my body, I'm going to keep praising God. And I'm going to keep looking for opportunities. I encourage you to do the same. And we may not be having church for a couple of weeks, but we will. In a couple of weeks, we'll be back. And we'll roll like we've always rolled. And we'll praise God like we've always praised Him. So don't let the minor setbacks of your life get you discouraged and, and stopped, cause you to shut down. If anything, it should put us on our knees and cause us to want uh, to, to know God in a deeper way. So just want to close today with this thought. I love you guys. Uh, I'm already missing not being with you in person. Uh, I draw strength from being around you guys on a weekly basis, but it is what it is. That's one of my favorite sayings now. It is what it is. Sometimes things just happen. There's nothing you can do to change it. Just accept it and go on. But uh, do know you're prayed for. Do know you're loved. And uh, we we'll look forward to being back with you guys soon. Uh, take care. God bless.